0: Right. I want you to notice what it says in verse six of Second Corinthians chapter twelve. It says, "For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh. And I want you to notice that." thorn in the flesh right there the messenger of satan to buffet me lest i should be exalted above measure for this thing for that thorn in the flesh i besought the lord thrice that it might depart from me and he said unto me my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly therefore will i rather glory in my infirmities that the power of christ may rest upon me Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities in reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. And I want to preach today about thorns in the flesh. And I hope by the end of this message, you'll kind of have a picture of what Paul's describing here, even though uh, I don't think any of us know, can know for sure specifically what Paul was referring to. I think we should, we'll have the general idea of what he's describing here when he talks about the thorn in the flesh. Now I want to talk about thorns in the flesh today. And so what I want to do, we're going to kind of study thorns here for a little bit. And there's a practical application I want for our life, but then too there's there's a picture, there's an image that I hope you can get if you get anything out of this message today that will hopefully be a help to you. But let's go to the first mention of thorns in the Bible. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 17. We're all familiar with the story of the fall of man and how Adam and Eve, they ate that forbidden fruit. And it says in Genesis three seventeen. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. And thou shalt eat the herb of the field. Uh, thou... Thou taken for, thou out of dust, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. I skipped part of that. In the sweat of thy flesh shalt, eat, shalt thou eat bread, and thou shalt return to the ground. I've skipped that line there. But right here, this is the first mention of thorns in the Bible. And notice how literal thorns were a consequence of Adam's sin. When God made the world, God saw that it was good. God made fruit. God made vegetables that would come from the ground. But as a result of man's sin, now... There's thorns coming from the ground as a result of it. And thorns are definitely not a good thing. And what's interesting, as we go throughout the scriptures, we often see this theme continue where thorns are often used in a figurative way to explain consequence for someone's sins. In fact, every time you see literal thorns out there, whether you're working on a garden, walking through the woods, anybody ever walk through a bunch of thorns or something like that? Just say, thank you, Adam. That's the result of Adam's sin. That is a consequence of Adam's sin. How many in here have paid for Adam's sin in that area and gotten a thorn in the, a literal thorn in the flesh before? It's not a pleasant experience. But that is, that was part of the curse that God put in this earth as a result of man's sin. And something we all need to understand is that all of us have thorns in our flesh that we have to deal with on a regular basis that is a result of our sin because we have all sinned. And let me tell you something. While we have received forgiveness of sins and we have received imputed righteousness, and while the spirit, uh, our, our, the spiritual man has been resurrected and it is like Christ, understand even though God has forgiven your sins, sometimes we still deal with consequences in our flesh as a result of sins that we committed even before we were saved we deal with the consequences of those sins thank god he doesn't look at those things and he does not impute those things to us and when we die our flesh is going to go into the ground but our spirit and our soul it's going to go and it's going to be with the lord and it's going to be righteous and he's not going to see all those things in our flesh and it's not going to prevent us from going to heaven And one of these days when Christ returns, He's going to change our vile body. He's going to remove all those things. But just understand, folks, your flesh is always sinful. And when you sin, even if it's before you get saved and you get saved, there's still going to be some consequences in your flesh as a result of your sin. And sometimes God might remove those things for you, but sometimes He doesn't. And when He doesn't, you know what? His grace is sufficient. You can still do something for God. You can still be used of God, but let me just warn all the young people in here, I think you'd rather go through life without a bunch of thorns in your flesh. It'd be nice to avoid some of those things. Just because you get saved doesn't mean you're not going to like lose all the diseases that you might have gotten as a result of sin. It's not going to cure all the things in, in your body. There's things that people do that are harmful and destructive to their body. There's drugs that people take that permanently alter their body. And you can get saved, but just because you get saved doesn't mean all of a sudden now you're not going to have effects from those drugs and things that you put through your body. It's going to be a thorn in your flesh. It's a consequence of sin. But notice that thorn, it's in your flesh. It's not in your spirit. It's not in your soul. It's in your flesh. So think of thorns. When you see thorns think of consequences think of consequences for sin and that's something that we see in the bible and so but and again thank god you know we can as, as saved people if we will walk in the spirit and not in the flesh we can still accomplish things even with all kinds of thorns in the flesh you can still accomplish things for god because his grace is sufficient in fact his strength is made perfect in weakness. So thank God. Listen, if, you're, if I'm talking to somebody today who's got a bunch of thorns in their flesh, just understand you, that doesn't mean you have to be any kind of second class citizen spiritually. It doesn't mean that you are less capable of doing something for God spiritually. You have every capability that anybody else has because his strength is made perfect in weakness. In fact, you can even be better. If you will sell out for God and if you will walk in the spirit rather than in the flesh. But to help us better understand all this, I want us to see this theme about thorns throughout the Bible. Because thorns are always a bad thing. And while sometimes the Bible's talking about literal thorns, thorns are often used in a figurative way, almost always associated with consequence for sin. Look at Numbers 33 and verse 54. We're not going to look at every mention of thorns. There's too many in the Bible, but it says... And ye shall divide the land by lot for an inheritance among your families. And to the more ye shall give the more inheritance, and to the fewer ye shall give the less inheritance. Every man's inheritance shall be in the place where his lot falleth, according to the tribes of your fathers ye shall inherit. But if ye will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which ye let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and they shall vex you in the land where ye dwell. Moreover, it shall come to pass that I shall do unto you as I thought to do unto them. And so notice how he said, if you don't do what I tell you to do with these people, they will be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your side. What does that mean? They are going to cause problems for you. There will be consequences in your nation as a result of you not obeying me. Your lack of obedience has resulted in consequences. And God referred to those consequences as thorns in your sides. And many of the battles that Israel dealt with, many of the horrible stories that we read in the Bible, it's they were these stories were a result of them not fully obeying God and driving out the Canaanites. The Canaanites did end up being thorns in their side. Remember the story of David and Goliath? Remember all the trouble that Goliath caused for Israel? Did you know Goliath was a thorn in Israel's flesh? Because they didn't utterly drive out the Canaanites when they were supposed to, later on they had to fight all these different battles. The stories of Samson, the stories of Gideon. all I mean, there are just countless stories throughout the Scriptures where Israel is dealing with consequences. And they were. And so thorns in the flesh, it's a very figurative thing. It's like a consequence. And again, a thorn in the flesh, it's going to be a painful thing. It's going to be something that irritates you, something that bothers you, something that will hinder you in your physical work and something you're trying to do physically. And that's what consequences for sin does. Joshua 23:13 says, know for a certainty that the Lord, your God will no more drive out any of these nations from before you, but they shall be snares and traps unto you and scourges in your sides and thorns in your eyes until ye perish from off this good land which the Lord your God hath given you. This is Joshua towards the end of his life and he's instructing Israel and he's telling you, you need to finish where I started. You've got to get rid of these people. They're going to be thorns. Two, you're going to be thorns in your sides and thorns in your eyes in this situation. I don't even want to experience a thorn in the eye. I've gotten a little dust in the eye before. Imagine getting a thorn in the eye. That doesn't sound pleasant at all. But that's what he said is going to happen. And let me tell you, the book of Judges is them dealing with thorns in their eyes, is what we're seeing, because they didn't utterly drive them out. We see them making leagues with these people, making agreements with these people. They're making these little compromises everywhere, so things can be a little bit easier. But later on, we see them being thorns in the side, and, being, and we see great battles. It says in Judges 2.1, and the angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Batcham and said, I made you to go up out of Egypt and have brought you into the land which I swear unto your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. And ye shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. Ye shall throw down their altars, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Why have ye done this? That wherefore also, I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be thorns in your eyes and their God shall be a snare unto you. And so because they didn't do that, Again, Israel didn't always see them as a thorn in the side like they should have. They thought, well, our life's actually easier right now. But then we see them serving their gods and then we see God's wrath coming upon them and they definitely didn't like that. Well, let me tell you, that wrath of God, that was a consequence for their sin. That was the thorn that was in their side. Judges 8, 7. And Gideon said, Therefore, when the Lord hath delivered Zeba and Zalmunna into mine hand, then I will tear your flesh with the thorns of the wilderness, and with briars. Now, here he's talking about literal thorns and briars, but you know what he's also describing? This is going to be the consequences of what you all did to us. I'm literally going to drag you through the thorns. He didn't tell me he was going to drag him through the cotton fields. He said, I'm dragging you through the thorns. That doesn't sound good. That's not going to be pleasant. And that was a consequence. So, it's a, uh, thorns are also looked at too in the Scriptures as useless and hated Hated plants that have no purpose. There is no good. They are meant to be either avoided or taken and burned. That's what we see throughout the scripture. Not going to look at all the references to them, but when it comes to thorns, they're good for, you, you remove thorns. You either remove them and you cast them away and you burn them. They serve no purpose or they're, they're just, you avoid them if you can. And, you know, I think we should think of reprobates like thorns. When you, when, you stop, when you stop and think about it, you know, reprobates, they're good for nothing. The Bible talks about that with people. There's certain people that are meant to be taken and burnt. And we, there's this new thing going around in the Christian world where they'll go and they'll take some horrifying human being and it's like they're an image bearer of God. Well, so was Hitler. So was Charles Manson. So was, if we're going to use that reasoning, so was Jeffrey Dahmer. What, so we just do nothing now? we got to respect these people? We have no consequence for these people? They'll take the most abominable filth that's out there, and people are like, this person's abominable filth. We don't like them. We want to avoid them. We want to stay away from them. We need to do something about them. And, and people do. They, they act like they're image bearers. No. They are a consequence of sin. They are a consequence of a nation that has forgotten God. They are a, they are a consequence of a nation that has a government that is derelict in their duties in punishing evildoers. That's what they, that's what they are. And understand when it comes to thorns, when you see them starting to grow, it's best to get rid of them right away because they spread and they spread fast. And the more they spread, the more of a problem it's going to be. And unfortunately. There came a time when people, when our government just said, eh, let's not do anything about this, but now it's all over the place. We've got thorns everywhere. You know, we're, you know, we'd like to be able to avoid them, but there's, it's very hard to do that kind of thing because it's just happened so much. But thorns are, they're, uh, they're useless. They're hated. It says in Second Samuel 23 6, but the sons of Belial shall be all of them as thorns thrust away because they cannot be taken with hands. Look that's what he, he said that about people. He said they're thorns. And notice what he called them. Sons of Belial. These sons of the devil. They're thorns. And so we should, we, that's how we should see them. Salt Proverbs 15, 19. The way of the slothful man is as an hedge of thorns. But the way of the righteous is made plain. You don't want to take that path of thorns. So I, I've been there many times walking through the woods and you do. You find that path of thorns and you got two choices when you're on that path. You can either yank out a machete and get to hacking, or you can go find a different way to go. Because they, 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 serve no purpose. There is no good. It will only cause you pain. Proverbs 22, 5, thorns and snares are in the way of the froward. He that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. Hey, whatever we can do to avoid, Let's get, get thorns, we ought to avoid thorns. Whether that be people, whether it be sons of Belial, or whether it be literal thorns, you want to avoid them. You want to stay away from them. They're a problem. And so, under, again, a nation that does not remove the thorns is a nation run by derelicts. That's what God instituted them for. It says in Proverbs twenty-five thirty, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of a man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles. Had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. It's covered with thorns, and as we're seeing, just more and more, it's growing, it's increasing. And again, you say, "Well, you know, some of the, they're people, but you know, sometimes you know, rep- reprobates are people, but they have no value. Thorns are plants, but they have no value. They serve no purpose. They accomplish absolutely nothing." It says in Song of Solomon two one, I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. As a lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. As a lily among thorns, we have something beautiful among thorns, something worthless, something good for nothing, something harmful, something destructive, something destructive. And let me tell you, a garden that is neglected, it will be overgrown with thorns, and a nation that is neglected will be overgrown and overrun with reprobates. It says in Isaiah 7.23, And it shall come to pass in that day that every place shall be where there were a thousand vines and a thousand silverlings, it shall be even for briars and thorns. With arrows and with bows shall men come thither, because all the land shall become briars and thorns." Notice that consequence of things not being removed. It just gets overgrown with it. That's a sign of judgment. It's a sign of destruction. And you don't want that to happen. And if you're, and if you're growing a garden too, there can come a point in your garden where things just get so overgrown. It's like, you know what? You gotta just plow it all up. You gotta cast it all away. You gotta burn it all up. And you gotta start all over again. And that's happened in many nations before. Where they have, they've become so overrun with the wicked things have become so depraved in those societies that they finally crashed and they burned and they were destroyed. Sometimes God did it. Sometimes other armies would come do it. Other governments would come do it because it was just so bad. And so you, that's why you just can't neglect these things. When you do that, it just ruins everything. And so civilized society, it was never meant to coexist with reprobates. Just as it, it, you can't have a garden that coexists with thorns, it doesn't work. If you have these thorns, if you have the weeds, if you don't remove them, you know what you get, you, you get no fruit. You know what's going to happen. The thorns are going to win. The weeds are going to win. I challenge you. Just go out there and get, make a garden, plant a whole bunch of seeds in there and then just leave it alone. What do you think's going to happen? Do you think you're going to get any fruit from that garden? Anybody ever planted a garden? Does that work? No, it doesn't work. You're going to get a bunch of weeds. You're not going to get any fruit. They always win out, and that's how it is. With you know why? Because we are all sinful. We're we're sinful people, and sin that is left unchecked has consequences, and the consequences are thorns as a result of these things. Jeremiah four one says, I. If thou wilt return, O Israel, saith the Lord, return unto me, and if thou wilt put away thine abominations out of my sight, then shalt thou not remove, and thou shalt swear, the Lord liveth in truth and judgment and in righteousness, and the nations shall bless themselves in him, and in him shall they glory. For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, break up your fallow ground, and sow not among thorns. And that's kind of what we're seeing there, starting over. We gotta, we gotta break up that fallow ground again. We got we gotta start all over. We can't sow among the thorns. It will not work. So now I I think this I think this is mean. You know, you shouldn't be talking about people that way. No, what's mean is letting things get grown over with thorns and people being destroyed. I mean, have you ever seen a little kid too? Like little kids a lot of times, if they end up somewhere in thorns, they just kind of panic, they freak out, and they can get scratched up really good. As a result of it, most of us, you know, we We know to just kind of stop, stop moving and tread very carefully. But the hurt and the damage that can come from the wicked, we are constantly seeing these things. You're not, you don't see it on the news, but you see it in places where they actually uh, aren't censoring a bunch of things. Uh, I just saw some videos last night of just in cities, people just going and just violently beating up other people just to steal a purse or something like that. I mean, the amount of violence that is going on In our country today, it's absolutely disgusting. It's not safe. I mean, we're very blessed out here in rural country where, you know, things are relatively safe, but we have, you have no idea. Let me tell you the agenda that is being shoved down our throats by the news media, by the public school system, by our government, the consequences always are biggest and they always start in the cities and they move out this way and look what's happening in cities all over this country. Do you want that coming out here? I know I don't want it coming out here. You know, and I, I'm thankful that you know we have some. You know, it'd be nice that too if our if we can get some good local leaders in here that will do a good job of keeping the thorns out, drive you know driving those people out of the land if, if they have to, because we want to make sure we can preserve our society. I want to be able to walk down the street be safe. I want to be, my wife to be able to go to town and not have to worry about something happening to her. But it's it's getting out it's getting out of hand in this country. And and so, understand. Every time you see these things on the news, when you see hear about these attacks and this attack, when you hear about school shootings, you hear about all this horrible stuff that's going on. You know what? These things are thorns in our flesh. These things are all a consequence of a nation that does not deal with sin. And and it is. It's not. You don't want. You want to know one of the thorns in the flesh in our country? One of the embarrassing things about our country is all the school shootings that's going on. It's a thorn in our flesh. It, these things aren't just spontaneously happening these things are a result of sin and i'm not even going to take time to get into all those things but it does it, it makes our country look bad it, it makes our government leaders you know wh- wh- we're trying to you know tell other nations what to do they're looking at stuff that's going on in our country it's like why would we listen to you and why would they when you see the things that are happening in our own country and I don't even want to get going on politics and the things that's happening in this nation, but it is it's bad and we are we're dealing with thorns in the flesh. But let's look at right now at the very final mention of thorns in the Bible. Hebrews chapter 6 in verse 7 says for the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it and bringeth forth herbs, meat for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing from God. But that which beareth thorns And briars is rejected. And that word reprobate means rejected. And is nigh unto cursing whose end is to be burned. And let me tell you, and so when we see thorns, and now here's a a picture I think everybody needs to get in their head too, because hopefully we understand thorns are. They are literal thorns are a direct consequence of sin entering into the world. But figurative thorns in the Bible... Are also a consequence of uh, you know sins that happen thorns in our flesh things that we have to deal with and I do not believe it is a coincidence that the very plant and you hate to even call the plant that thorns that that God cursed the ground with interestingly enough is what the crown was made that Jesus wore. On the cross. Now, look at this. Matthew twenty-seven, twenty-nine. And when they had platted a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Now, think about this. A crown is typically meant to show someone's glory, isn't it? Crowns are typically beautiful. Co- crowns are typically... Uh, used to, you know, with, uh, made out of precious metals, made out of gold. They ha- they typically have jewels in them. The more valuable the crown looks, the more glory of the individual wearing the crown. The more glory of the kingdom that it represents. Isaiah 62.3 says, Thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. Notice, a crown of glory it is a crown is supposed to be glorious a crown is something that we should all look at and think and and just admire the beauty of it that that is the intent of a crown it says in first chronicles 20 verse 2 and david took the crown of their king from off his head and found it to weigh a talent of gold and there were precious stones in it and it was set upon david's head and he brought also exceeding much spoil out of the city so David had a, it had a talent of gold. That's that crown that he took and a crown that he used so people would see that and it was it was a glorious thing. But think about this. When Christ went to the cross to carry the consequence of man's sin from the first man Adam to the last man that will ever be born, Jesus stood there representing mankind and their accomplishments. And he was crowned with what? Thorns. Think about it. That's how we should see our works when it comes to the eyes of a holy God. We've got people who think that they are good enough to go to heaven. Every week when we go out souling, you, you talk to people and you ask them, how do you know for sure you're going to heaven? You say, well, I'm a good person. And they'll tell you about the things that they do. Let me tell you, when it comes to our works, when it comes to our righteousness, the Bible describes them as filthy rags. You know what we have? We have sin. Let me, you know what you're doing when you are trying to tell God uh, that He should let you into heaven based on your works? You know what? Your consequence, or your, your glory is no greater than a crown of thorns. Something of no value something that brings pain and let me tell you that crown of thorns they put on christ it was not to glorify him it was to bring him shame and when jesus christ wore that crown of thorns what we should see in our minds as we read that scripture is we should see mankind in all of his glory is what we should see When we see Jesus Christ beaten, bloody, hanging on a cross, wearing a crown of thorns, you know what we should see there? That is the glory of mankind in their sin. There is no glory in that. Now, we glory in the cross because we understand what Jesus Christ was accomplishing for us, but that beaten, bloody body that was hanging on the cross, crowned with thorns, that's how we should see our works. That's how we should see our righteousness. And notice this. Notice what it says in John chapter 19. John chapter 19 and verse 2, it says, And the soldiers platted a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe. And purple too, you know that was usually a sign of of riches and royalty and things that they put back then. But they did they did that mocking him, making fun of him, because here we have a beaten up man wearing a crown of crown of thorns, bloody all over the place, and, and they just throw a purple robe over him. You know what that's like too? That's like you just putting on your baptism over your filthy rags. That's not enough for God. You can throw a purple robe over your sins all you want. You can throw a purple robe over your performance, but at the end of the day. It's 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 something that the devil's just going to laugh at. It's something that's laughable to think that's acceptable to a holy God. They did this mocking him, and look at it. And they said, "Hail, King of the Jews." This wasn't done in worship. This was done mocking, in a mocking way. And they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again and said unto him, "Behold, I bring him forth to you that ye may know that I find no fault in him." Then came Jesus forth. Wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate saith unto them, watch this, Behold the man. Think about that. Behold the man. You know what we see there? While we are seeing the man, Jesus Christ, standing there beaten, bloody, and wearing a crown of thorns, you know what we're seeing? We're seeing mankind is what we're seeing right there. This is the consequence of man's sin. This is what man has accomplished through their works. For man to be able to go to heaven, look at what this holy, righteous Son of God has to go through to get man into heaven. We should see thorns. A thorn should be a reminder of our works and of our consequences. And you know what? Our works are worthless. Our works, are are, they cause great pain to Jesus Christ. Because of the fact we are that sinful and so when Pilate said, behold the man, I do, I, I, I understand he's referring directly to Jesus Christ, but I think too, it, those words were fitting because we are, we're looking at the glory of mankind and his sin right there. And it was not a glorious thing to behold. It was a disgusting thing to behold. When Jesus Christ hung there on the cross, we see that there was darkness over the face of the earth and he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So, I don't think it's a coincidence that God used the very thing he cursed the ground with as a result of man's sin to be the crown that he put on the Son of God who is bearing the sins of man. That's how we should think about, not just our sins, that's how we should think about our righteousnesses as that. Now, let's go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Because all of us have thorns in our flesh that we've brought on ourselves. Salvation takes away death, eternal death. We have eternal life. But salvation does not take away all the consequences of sin on this earth. If I go out and I murder somebody, you know, somebody goes out and murders somebody and they get saved the next day, the judge is still going to make them go to prison. They still have to pay the consequences for that sin. You can't say, well, I got saved, judge. It's under the blood. Hey, it's under the blood. Your soul's going to go to heaven, but your flesh is going to get thrown in the slammer. That's what's going to happen as a result of that. We all have, and so we're all going to have these things. But when we face those things, it's okay to ask God to remove them. Paul said, he said, for this thing, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. It's okay for you to ask God, Lord, please take away the consequences of these sins. It's okay for you to do that. It's okay when you're dealing with painful situations and you're dealing with trials and you've got obstacles in your life as a result of mistakes that you've made. It's okay for you to ask God to get rid of those things. And, and you know what? He might do it. He, he might. He can. It, it's amazing sometimes the things that you know He does allow us to get away with, for lack of a better term. But at the end of the day, it's not a guarantee. There is no guarantee we need to understand when it comes to thorns in the flesh, we may very well have to live with them. And the important thing is that we learn from them and do everything we can in our, in our power to avoid them in the future. And look what it says in uh, Proverbs 26, 9. Because if we're wise, you know what we'll do? Here's what we'll do when it comes to thorns. While we can't unpoke ourselves from the thorns, while we can't untear the flesh from our thorns, we can learn from those thorns. Again, when you're walking through the woods and you do, you feel that thorn grip you. You know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to stop. Don't keep walking. Don't run through it. Don't tear through those things. And often when it comes to sin, there's pain that comes from it and we're supposed to stop. But often people, they just continue going. And it says in Proverbs 26, 9, as a thorn goeth up into the hand of a drunkard, so is a parable in the mouth of a fool. You know, that's a bad thing about being drunk. A lot of times people will be hurting themselves. And they don't realize they're hurting themselves. And they end up doing more damage because that drunkenness, it's just—it's made them numb to what's happening to their body. And that, that drunkard doesn't notice the thorn going into his flesh. Watch out for things that people are taking, drugs people are taking, to numb the pain that God naturally gave you so you'll know to stop. Don't keep doing this. Don't keep keep messing with this. This is hurting you. This is destroying you. And if you do, if you numb yourself to those things, you're going to end up doing even greater damage to your flesh. You're going to have even greater consequences as a result of these things. We've got to learn from the thorns. When you get hurt from doing something, you know what? You shouldn't do it again. Learn your lesson from that thing. If something shocks you, if something hurts you, whatever, learn your lesson. Don't keep doing those things. Stop it. That's what a wise person does. Proverbs 23, 29. Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? They that tarry long at the wine. They that go to seek mixed wine. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth its color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At the last it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women and thine heart shall utter perverse things. Yet thou shalt be as He that lieth down in the midst of the sea or is he that lieth upon the top of a mast? They have stricken me, thou shalt say. And I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. Drunkenness causes people to not feel pain that they need to feel so they will stop hurting themselves. And often, we do. We've We've got people that they're not learning from the thorns. They're numbing themselves. To these things, and that, and the the reality is, you need that pain, so it will stop you from doing what you're doing. But a lot of people, you know what? They want God to remove the pain. They want God to remove the thorn, so they can go right back to doing what they got them the thorn in the first place. No, you need that pain. Now, I'm not God. I don't, you know, I can't decide. Well, they've learned their lesson. They're not going to do it again. Let's take away the consequence. Again, maybe. Maybe you did learn your lesson. Only God knows how to handle these things. I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna tell you when He'll take it away and when He won't. I can't preach a sermon on that because the Bible doesn't tell us. If the apostle Paul couldn't get God to take away his thorn in the flesh, I don't know how to get God to take away your thorn in the flesh. Here's what we can learn from Paul. Paul believed God could take his thorn away. And God could take your thorn away. Go ahead and pray for it. You know, tell me, I'll, I'll pray for it too. But at the end of the day, he might not. And you know what? His grace is sufficient. You can still do something for God. Be wise. Learn from the consequences of the slothful. We already read the passage too when he went by the field of the slothful and it was all grown over with thorns. It was all grown over with thorns. Nettles had covered it. Verse 32 says, Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. I saw that I saw that field all grown over with thorns. And when I looked at it, instruction came to my mind. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth and thy want as an armed man. When he saw those thorns, you know what that man said? You know what he learned? I shouldn't be lazy. And you know what? Sometimes maybe God needs you to have that thorn in your flesh too so others will see the pain that you deal with. They'll see the problems that you deal with. And they'll say, you know, and they'll say, you know what? I better not ever do that same thing. A lot of listen sometimes people they get divorced and remarried, and that previous spouse is a thorn in their flesh for the rest of their life. They're paying alimony and child support and there's just always you know terrible things. Sometimes people get remarried and everything's great. The old wife, the old husband goes away and they forget they exist and they go on and they live happily ever after. And, and you know what? I'm glad when that happens. You know, I, you know, people who you know, have had marriages that failed and I don't wish them to be miserable. Some people go on and they live happily ever after. But the reality is maybe if some people all live happily ever after and there was no consequence, everybody would look at that and be like, you know what? I'm trying again. And that's not what God wants. Again, I don't know. I, I'm not God. I don't know how He's going to do these things. I, all I know... Is that thorns in the flesh, they're a consequence of sin, but there's something that God's grace can get us through. And if you're dealing with thorns in the flesh, keep praying and asking God to get rid of it for you. But at the end of the day, remember his strength is made perfect in weakness. And young people, remember there's consequences for sin. Next time you go running out in the woods and you get creamed with thorns, let that remind you this is a consequence of sin. And when your parents are telling you not to do something, remember what it was like running through that th- those thorns. And think about what it would be like to have that. And, you know, if you get a thorn in your flesh physically, you can pull it out and it will heal up pretty fast. But when you think about that pain, imagine having that pain for the rest of your life. Imagine dealing with that for the rest of your life. That could happen as a result. So let's stay away from sin the best we can. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for this lesson that we can learn from thorns. And Lord, we, just, we thank you so much that when it comes to... Uh, the wages of sin, you took that for us. Thank you so much for that. I'm so thankful that we don't have to worry about the eternal consequences of sin. But Lord, I pray you'll help us to always fear the consequences on this earth of sin that we will deal with in our flesh. I pray you'll help us to be wise, help us to learn from thorns, help us to avoid thorns and to stay away from them uh, at all costs. And I pray you'll uh, for those who do have those thorns in, your, in the flesh, I pray, Lord, that they will allow your strength to be made perfect in their weakness. And I pray, Lord, that you will still use them in a great way like we know you can. In your name we pray. Amen.